Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You are listening to the One Good Scare podcast with Natalie Zamora and Max Mello. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of the One Good Scare podcast. I'm Natalie Zamora and I'm joined here with my co-host Max Mallow and we finally have made it. We're going to choose the best horror movie franchise right here, right now in this episode. Yes, we are. It is the end of our March Madness special. Thank you to everyone who has joined us over the course of the last four episodes to get into now as we decide of slashers, zombies, supernatural, and monster movies. Which one is the king? Which one is the best of the best? And if your favorite movie isn't in here, sorry, just, but, you know, we're in this case, we're judge, jury, and executioner. This is the best, and we're going to put our foot down right now and uh, and make our claim. But it's been fun. It's been a, a fun yeah. series to do. Um, hopefully we can do it again next year. If we, uh, you know, decide to do this again, but I've had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, me too. I think it was super fun, just like a structured way to talk about what the best in horror is, which, you know, we could talk about forever. So definitely a fun time. Yeah. But you're, uh, forgetting to mention the most important thing about this episode, which is the fact that you watched John Carpenter's (laughs) yesterday. So thoughts? I did, and I liked it. I was just telling Max before we started to record that I don't. I said that I watched the remake, and I think that I did, but it was, you know, when it came out, probably was barely paying attention. Also, like, not a good movie, so sorry. But this one, the 1982 one, very good. I enjoyed it. Loved the 80s feel. I loved the, the monster alien thing that turned into whatever was there, the dog. That creeped me out. Seeing it with like the teeth snarling, I was like, oh my God, this is creepy. It reminded me of Stranger Things, but like Stranger Things reminded me of the thing because that came after, you know what I'm saying? But um, I could see how a lot of other movies and shows have taken inspiration from the thing for sure. Yeah. One of my favorite parts about it, like you mentioned, the practical effects are amazing. Uh, You know, the whole vibe of being on that outpost in the middle of the snow with no one coming to save you. And it's just you and your, and your people out there and you have to figure out who's who and and what's what. And the paranoia of it is it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned, the remake is awful (laughs) and the whole like, Oh, Hey guys, it was a prequel all along. It's a stupid tease. Same thing with final destination five. I think that's a stupid tease. I like that movie, but it's a stupid reveal at the end i don't like that um yeah but yeah now we can go back and do our monster movie bracket <laughs> with the knowledge that you now have yes yes definitely and it was funny because i almost couldn't watch it because i rented it on amazon prime and it kept giving me an error it said like hdmi i wasn't using an hdmi like i was just on the amazon prime app so i don't know what was going on there I think I, I had to like reset the Xbox and then it worked. So I don't know, but I was like, is it fate? Am I really not supposed to watch this damn movie? Yeah. You were like Snapchatting <laughs> me. It's like, uh Oh, and I was like, Natalie, I'm seeing a lot of problems and not a lot of solutions. Figure it out. Watch this movie. It is imperative. It's so good. And now, you know, yeah. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> You're glad that I, Harass you over Snapchat text. Watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad I finally was able to watch it. Uh, there was a lot of hype just because I last few weeks kept forgetting, and then I finally went to do it, and I couldn't, and it was just the hype. The hype. The hype has been fulfilled. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. It's uh, 
Yeah, I did. It's a uh, maybe a uh, you know if we ever do a John Carpenter episode, a huge part of his overall career. Obviously Halloween, but the thing is up there. I mean, for people, they would say they like the thing more than Halloween for its own reasons. The thing is more of a complex movie than Halloween. Halloween's very straightforward, but mm-hmm. uh, in terms of sci-fi, the thing stands there as one of the best ever made. But wasn't better than Alien, which is in our March Madness finale when we get to it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right, so let's get into our topic for today. But first, we need to shout out um, our sponsor for this episode. This podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health, featuring Danette May's top superfood product from their Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you are doing something good for your body. For the last eight years, Mindful Health has been a leader in the superfoods market and are proud to serve millions of customers worldwide. Um, and you can get 15% off right now if you go to earthechofoods.com slash minute media and then you use the code minute. You can get 15% off of the products and sounds like a good deal to me. Yeah, 15% off is about as good as you can get, <laughs> right? So yeah, it's code M-I-N-U-T-E minute. Um check it out. Natalie's got a little bit of a sample coming and she'll let us know yep. what she thinks of it as well. So now, of course, before our March Madness segment, everyone knows it is time for the weekly horror news roundup where Natalie scarred the internet for everything you need to know. And actually we like reacted to this in the same time when it happened. And <laughs> it's going to be a, a majority of what's going on in the world of horror. And that is the new army of the dead trailer coming out very, very soon. Zack Snyder, zombies, they're back. This movie looks awesome. It really does. I like saw, like, got a notification that, you know, the new trailer was out. And I didn't, like, rush to go watch it, but I was excited. And it definitely blew my expectations out of the water. It looks so fun. There's a zombie tiger that I know was trending on Twitter all day when the trailer came out. Because that was insane. Like that's that's a game changer. That looks insane. <laughs> yeah, like I think I'm interested to get your thoughts on this because when I watched mm-hmm. the trailer, the first one, it was very clear that you had your 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 cast of characters going to Vegas, pull off a heist, and that was the plot. Um, mm-hmm. But that was very much a teaser. Now with this full trailer, I'm kind of unsure if the entire world is a zombie apocalypse or if it's just Vegas, because in the beginning there's Mm -hmm. like a restaurant they're eating. So it seems like that could be a flashback, but it also could just be like, Hey, civilization is still ongoing, but Las Vegas has been quarantined and conceded to what we now know is this army of the dead. Yeah. There seems like there's some zombie romance going on a little zombie X rated stuff going, who knows what we'll see. Um, (laughs) But yeah, the tiger definitely stole the spotlight when that it just jumps up and roars. I'm like, yo, if this zombie tiger kills everybody and that's how the movie ends, I'm down. Yeah, that was like I don't I can't recall many movies that they have a zombie animal. Like I'm trying to think. I'm sure they exist, but I can't honestly think of any and i don't know why that wouldn't be more of a thing i guess like zombie humans are threatening enough but that just looks crazy and yeah i hadn't actually really thought about whether or not it was just vegas that was contaminated um but that would be cool because it seems like it could be that these people are going there i know they're going there for a heist right but maybe they're going there because they know there's zombies so they can do the heist and get away with it. That might be not true at all, but that would be cool. Yeah. Like if I had to put together a coherent plot of what we (laughs) saw in the, the trailer, my guess is that civilization is still going on Uh and Las Vegas has just been overrun by zombies. They've taken the zombie King or whoever it is with his tiger uh, reminds me of uh, Walking Dead with um, is it? A, I think his name is Ezekiel, and he has a tiger, but it's not a zombie tiger. Um, so this tiger is way cooler. Um, <laughs> and like the idea is that like, look, there's a hundred billion million j- gajillion dollars in a vault in Vegas, and mm-hmm. like, go steal it for me. You you get 
profit or whatever. And obviously the challenge is the fact that there's a zombie horde um, mm-hmm. that's taken over Vegas. That's my assumption, but it could also just be like some guys like, because like, what's the point of money at the end of the day, right? If it's a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. So I'm assuming that some sort of civilization still exists in the world. You know, we're still paying for things with, with dollars, which mm-hmm. uh, is interesting because there's not a lot of zombie movies, if at all any, where it's like, yeah, zombies are here, but you know, I still go to work every day. Not yeah. Kind of a deal. Um, and to, mm-hmm. to answer your question, in terms of like wild animals as zombies, I can't remember either, but Resident Evil has notably had like domesticated animals like dogs. The zombie dogs mm-hmm. have been popular, but zombie dogs ain't no zombie tiger. And yeah, a zombie tiger needs at least 15 minutes of screen time. <laughs> Agreed. Um, yeah, that'll be really fun. I'm excited to watch this movie. Yeah, and it's just win after win for Zack Snyder. Obviously, the Justice League stuff uh, was awesome to to watch his vision as a, a big superhero fan and a big fan of the Justice League. Um, that was great. And Dawn of the Dead's my favorite zombie movie. So to see him do a follow up in the same type of uh, genre is going to be a lot of fun. We'll do a review on it 100%. So. Yeah. So stay tuned to that. Um, and yeah, Army of the Dead. Get, let us know in the comments and reviews what you thought of the trailer. But the other piece of news is there is a new Stephen King adaptation coming to Apple TV Plus in June. Yeah, this is exciting. I haven't read this book. It's Lisey's story, Lisey's story. I'm sorry if I'm butchering I'm, that. I, uh, I, I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm just going to hold my hands up. I totally threw you under the bus there. I had no clue how to pronounce it either. I was hoping you did. (laughs) No, I don't. I've never read it. And I also like, I've seen it on like bookshelves, but I haven't like read much about it. And I don't know anyone who's read it. So I haven't heard anyone say it out loud. Yeah. Lizzie, Lizzie. It could be Lizzie, but it's probably Lizzie. Yeah. Because what is life? I don't know. Don't want to bash anyone's name here, but, um, (laughs) But this looks exciting because I had heard that they were doing an adaptation about it. But now it looks like there's a release date June 4th on Apple TV Plus. Um, and Julianne Moore and Clive Owen are starring in it. And Stephen King wrote every episode. Yeah. So I'm very interested to watch this. Yeah, not often that Stephen King provides any bit of screenplay for any of his adaptations. I'm failing to remember any time he actually did. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there's a case, but the fact that it's the entire uh, miniseries is awesome. Um, Apple TV Plus is something I have thanks to my parents, so this is something I'll be able to <laughs> check out uh, free of charge, which is nice. And then the the leads attached to it are Julianne Moore, who is awesome, uh, and Clive Owen. So those are your leads, and also Dane DeHaan, Joan Allen, mm-hmm. Jennifer Jason Lee, and Soon Kang are also set to star in it. So cast list Stephen King you know whether or not you've read the 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 actual story um anything that has Stephen King adaptation attached to it usually draws in a lot of fans like I didn't Mm -hmm. read the stand but uh the fact that it was a Stephen King story drew me into it because you know he's a a master of the craft and the genre Mm -hmm. Um, so We'll check it out. Who knows if we do a review on it? JJ uh, Abrams is also producing it with uh, Bad Robot. So, some big names. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Now I'm thinking, like, should I read the book before it comes out? It's only 528 pages. So, that's definitely like a quicker read than most of his books. Um, so, I might do that. Also, I completely forgot. I remember like last year. Um, People were saying, oh, there's a Stephen King show filming, like, close to my house. And this was it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, in New Jersey. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see Dane DeHaan in this as well. Yeah. Because, uh, I think a lot of people first heard of him through that movie Chronicle that came out. Yes. <laughs> uh, which was, like, everybody's favorite movie back then. Found footage, superheroes, like... Uh, he was awesome in that, and then obviously he was Harry Osborn in The Amazing Spider-Man, and those are the Spider-Man movies everyone loves to crap on, but, you know, I think Andrew Garfield was great, and I'm excited he's coming back in the new Spider-Man movie. 
justice for Andrew Garfield. And he's also in that that new movie coming out. Um, oh, it's it's not like a horror movie. I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically Andrew Garfield or Dane DeHaan. No, Andrew Garfield. Oh, um, it's like an introspective look at social media stars and influencers. Oh, really? I don't yeah. think I've heard of it. Uh, I want to say it's called Magnificent. That's off the top of my head, if I remember it correctly. I watched the trailer. It looks really interesting. It looks like, you know, uh, a drama about a, a guy who, you know, becomes famous through TikTok or whatever the social media platform will be in the movie. Kind of like um, that. It reminded me of that uh, Zac Efron DJ movie. I love that movie. Shamelessly. We are your friends. We are your friends. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, wait, wait. This movie is called Mainstream. I was, and it close. Has I was close. Maya Hawk and Nat Wolf, and it's a Gia Coppola movie. Yes. Yeah. I, I got to watch the trailer. Yeah, it looks really good. Uh, probably not going to be reviewed on this podcast, of course, because it doesn't fall anywhere in the genre. <laughs> but we could also tie into uh, some kind of topic of the horrors of social media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's real life horror. Yeah. So, um, yeah, keep a lookout for uh, this upcoming Stephen King adaptation. Uh, we'll give you our thoughts on it for sure when it comes out. Now, I'm also a little disappointed mm-hmm. you didn't, you know, go hunting for Julianne Moore or Dane DeHaan if they were filming near your house. I know. Um, I remember, like, my mom telling me, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, And she said, like, are you going to go? And I was like, no, what am I going to do? Just, like, stand there and be like, hey, can I come in? <laughs> Hey, I'm Natalie Zamora. I live down the street. Oh my God, you're Julianne Moore. That's crazy. Yeah. What are you doing here? Exactly. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Uh, yeah, that's your weekly horror news roundup. Thanks once again to Natalie for scouring the internet for everything you need to know in the world of horror. Um, but now it's time for the finale of our March Madness special. If you guys haven't followed for the first four episodes, you're way too in deep if this is the first one you're listening to. But... <laughs> We decided with the uh, the popular basketball tournament returning this year, of course, taking a break last year because of the, the COVID-19 pandemic, that we would want to do our own fan bracket when it comes to horror movies. And we broke it down into the four major categories, slashers, zombies, supernatural movies, and monster movies. We did eight movies per bracket, so a total of 32 movies. And we tried to keep them into big franchises. So some movies didn't make the cut, but after... Four weeks of delegation and of bracket uh, crafting, we ended up with the following winners for each category. We had Slashers with Halloween, the zombie franchise was represented by The Walking Dead, Supernatural Movies is Ari Aster, that man is a franchise in and of himself, Uh, Mm -hmm. and then the monster movies are Alien. So if you want to know how we got to these four movies, go back and check out those other episodes, but Mm -hmm. those are our winners, and now it's time to determine who is the King franchise, the franchise in horror. Now, we tried to avoid bias as much as possible (laughs) when it comes to the seating, so everything's been randomized. I'm not even going to bother to explain (laughs) it. I did it for four episodes. It's not happening for the fifth. But after the randomization, the semifinal matchups now are Walking Dead versus Halloween and Alien versus Hereditary. Versus Hereditary. Um, yeah, yeah, Hereditary, Midsummer, Ari Aster, you know, you know what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's get into it. We're, we'll be talking all about The Walking Dead and the Halloween franchise, but let's take our first uh, quick break and then we'll be right back. Okay, so this is an interesting one because if anyone listening has listened to any of our other episodes, you'll know that Max and I love the Halloween franchise. Even if there are some major duds in there, we love the original. We love the newest reboot and are excited for the new ones. Um, So, you know, this is going to be a tough one to beat, I think. Yeah, now for... Anyone who's just, you know, catching up now, you'll know that we kind of did breakdowns of each franchise for each episode, and we'll quickly run through them, but uh, this episode will very much be about delegation 
in terms of the franchises <laughs> and our thoughts on them as we try to come to a winner. Because I want to be agreed on this. I don't want to, there to be yeah. discussions, no conceding anything like that. <laughs> now and I will be putting our brains together and, and deciding the winner together. So, first off, Halloween franchise. Natalie mentioned it. 11 total, and there's two more on the way, and we cannot wait to see how it ends. The first one came out in 1978, revolutionized the slasher genre. Um, you know, some will say it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but Halloween was the, the big one. Uh, and the latest one came out in 2018 with Jamie Lee Curtis coming back as they rebooted the continuity once again. And when I say once again, it's because there's five total. You have the original line of continuity, which is Halloween 1, 2, 4, Return of Michael Myers, 5, Revenge of Michael Myers, and 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. And after that, they were like, you know what? There's too many movie names with this, you know, adjective. Mm-hmm. Michael Myers, blah, 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 blah. So the H2O continuity line was born, which includes Halloween 1, Halloween 2, Halloween H2O, Water, Halloween Water, uh, and <laughs> Halloween Resurrection, which has Busta Rhymes kicking some kung fu ass. And then you have the remake line of continuity, which is simply just both of the Rob Zombie movies, because they were like, Rob Zombie, make your own Michael Myers movies. And he was like, okay, riding around in his, in his Dragula doing movies. Um, after the successes of House of Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects, he was a huge name in horror. So for him to to take on Halloween and Michael Myers was a big task, but there are a lot of fans of those, uh, of those movies. And even uh, our coworker Vince really, really likes those movies and those takes on how he portrayed Michael Myers as more of a, an in-depth character because it gets all over the place in the the two lines that I previously mentioned. Um, Now you have the new continuity, which is the first Halloween, Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills coming out this year, and Halloween Ends coming out next year. Um, and then you're like, okay, how many other movies are there? Well, there's just one movie called Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, because they thought about turning Halloween into essentially what is what we now know is like American Horror Story as an anthology series, just telling different spooky tales. And after that movie, they're like, wait, this didn't do so well. Why was that? And some guy was like, well, there's no Michael Myers in this one. And like, oh, well, let's bring that guy back. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Uh, it's a, a standalone. But those are your five. Those are your five lines of continuity. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I, I don't want to explain that ever again for like yeah. at least 20 episodes of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. It's a lot. It's a mouthful. And I feel like it's hard, very hard to follow unless you just grew up watching all of them. Um, because once you put it on paper, it makes zero sense. But then in your head, it's like, yeah, like, you know, that one and then that one happened and then that one happened. Cool. Um, so it it is a bit ridiculous, but I think that kind of just tends to happen when there's 11 movies and more coming. Um, so I think, you know, we can kind of give them a pass on how ridiculous the continuity is. And the fact of the matter is, in my opinion, some of these movies are bad. Season of the Witch is not a good movie. Like, Curse of Michael Myers, Revenge, like not good movies, but if they're on TV, like I'll watch it just because it's Halloween. Like it has that like place in my heart that it's like, it's just the best. I don't care if it's bad. Yeah. It was my favorite part of AMC Fear Fest when I was a kid. Yeah. The Halloween block of watching all of them in a row and just going to bed and waking up in the middle of the night and still seeing them on TV, (laughs) like good memories as a, as a kid with those. And you know, you think of something like Friday the 13th, right? Which very much is part one, two, three. It goes on and on and on. I don't know if Halloween would have been so popular if they just kept the same line of continuity mm-hmm. going through all of these films. The fact that we have three lines of continuity that start with the first um, shows that, you know, there's people out there who are like, look, this isn't working. We need to reinvent ourselves. We need to do something different. And H2O is not bad, but the the new trilogy coming out is definitely um, head and shoulders above any other line of continuity that they've done. Yeah, I completely agree. And yeah, that's such a good point. Like they changed with the times, like the H2O. I mean, I love H2O just because like it, when it came out, I watched like, you know, I watched it as a kid, Resurrection, 
just is such like the classic like 90s 2000 cringy like corny kind of horror it just fit um and i feel like each of the movies just really fit with the time oh for sure like there needed to be one way or another Busta rhymes doing kung fu <laughs> in a so good movie. yeah we needed it one way or the other um <laughs> but you know when you look at Rotten Tomatoes, we've done the highest and the lowest scores for every franchise so far. Reiterating once again for Halloween, the original is the highest at 96%. No surprise there. The lowest is the last one in the original line of continuity, which is Curse at 9%. And you think, wow, that's pretty low. But that's not lower than a lot of the other movies that have been in this entire March Madness special. Yeah. Um, and in terms of box office numbers, this franchise has done over $642 million dollars at the box office and that'll only go up with the two more coming out. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see yeah. what life is like come October after more vaccine rollout in the world. Um, get your vaccines. And I expect this one probably not to perform just as well. If we're not able to go back into theaters like mm-hmm. fully and safely by, uh, you know, the latter half of the year, but hopefully in 2022, that's not even a question. And the movie theater industry has rebounded and Halloween ends is like a, a grand return for horror fans like you and I to, to go to the movies and see how uh, Blumhouse is going to end this uh, this new trilogy. Because, you know, the 2018 one is just so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm so excited for these next two. And I really hope that the next one I don't have to watch at home. It might happen. I'm sure there's a high possibility, but I hope not. And then for the last one, Halloween kill Halloween ends that better be in theaters or I'm gonna cry. Yeah, same. Lots of tears <laughs> if, if we're still you know, having to yeah. to suffer through the COVID nineteen pandemic in a year and a half, essentially. Um but yeah, that's Halloween, and it's going up against the zombie winner, which is The Walking Dead. Now, there are a lot of zombie movies uh, that came toe-to-toe with The Walking Dead. Obviously, George A. Romero's uh, franchise was the the one that battled with The Walking Dead in the mini-bracket for that episode to be in this episode. And, you know, when we came to the conclusion of The Walking Dead, it's gone on so long. We'll talk about that a lot. But when mm-hmm. it first came out, Thinking for me, I believe this is like the first cable television show that I was so excited about as a kid. Now, keep in mind, I missed out on the hype with Lost. I missed out on the hype with Breaking Bad until the final season was airing. Like that was the first show I binged up until I was going to be ready for the finale. I did Um, that too. But I remember when that pilot aired and I went to school the next day, it was all me and my friends were talking about because – I was a huge fan of zombie games and and zombie uh, media, but this was a whole new avenue of like cable television. The zombies were super well done. The makeup and the effects were amazing. And it was gory, right? It was something you weren't Mm -hmm. expecting to see on cable television. And, you know, I was like, yo, Rick Grimes, I'll follow you anywhere, man. Just take me to the end of the world. Let's go. Yeah, so I I didn't watch it when it first came out. I think it was on season two when I started it, but I watched it so fast, was caught up in it, and then caught up on it, and then by, like, the end of season three, I was like, I can't keep up with this. Like, I don't know why. I don't think it was because it started getting bad. I think I just honestly couldn't keep up with something on cable. Um, So that was my fault. But then after that, completely just too far gone now. I could I don't know if I'll ever catch up um but it like the impact that it's had the fact that it brought zombies and horror into the mainstream on AMC I mean AMC has taken so many risks with their shows over the years and this is a prime example of one that just they did the right thing here um you just have to respect the fact that you know it's a cable TV show and they're doing all this craziness yeah now, the TV series debuted in 2010, of course. The comics came out in 2003. Robert Kirkman, um, who now has a new superhero series on Amazon Prime, Invincible, that I've heard is really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of Rotten Tomato scores, the series has been around for so long, and it has an 80%. Now, that's insane, considering that there's been mm-hmm. so many seasons and episodes where people can just go on and be like, yeah, this sucked, and they can just tank the rating of it. But 
80 is still really solid for considering how many seasons it has. The spinoff, Fear the Walking Dead, is at 75%. And when you talk about that in mainstream, right, it the what was just a comic book has now branched out into five total TV series that have been planned, um, a web series, a Rick Grimes movie, um, because, spoiler alert, you know, he flew off in a helicopter, people. Um, I'm sure you know that. Um <laughs> There's board games, there's video games, there's arcade games. Like This is the biggest zombie media franchise in the world, and for good reason. Mm-hmm. Now, just because we've kind of tuned out of it, you know, doesn't mean we have to be, we shouldn't give it the respect it's, it's due. It's definitely the, right. the deserved winner here. Um, for me, I think I checked out – I want to say it's also like when Game of Thrones started to get really popular, because once that – took over i was like you know i can't deal with the walking dead because they were doing fake out deaths and yeah glenn just wouldn't die and then when he did (laughs) die everyone was like really you did all of that just to do that but yeah it was also like one of the greatest scenes in cable tv horror history like negan is just an awesome character um one of my favorite actors you know, was in Watchmen as the comedian, um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And yeah, it's uh, it's a massive franchise. I'll probably see the Rick Grimes movie because Rick is the character yeah. that, you know, drew me into The Walking Dead. When he was gone, I was like, okay, well, I still love Daryl. Norman Reedus is amazing. Mm-hmm. But I felt like it was too far gone at that point for me. So much had changed. Yeah, I'll definitely watch the movie. Like, why not? Even if I'm a, like a little bit lost, I think it's fine. Um, I love Andrew Lincoln, and Rick Grimes is such a good character that I'll definitely watch it. Yeah. So let's look at it now. Halloween versus The Walking Dead. Now, let's go ahead and concede this point. The Walking Dead is way more emotional and developed in its storytelling than Halloween. Yeah, that's true. Like, The Walking Dead has. Lori and Carl and and Rick that family dynamic and when Lori mm-hmm. dies that's you know Carl <laughs> just crying outside the prison is uh one of like my favorite memes of all time just him crying and telling a dad joke to Carl and he's just standing there because he had to shoot his mom just in a like a very emotional Terrible. scene but meme to death by the internet because that's the internet for of you of course yeah um. Shane Baron or John Barenthal as Shane, his ex best friend who ended up sleeping with his wife because he thought he was dead. Um, mm-hmm. and then, yeah. God, what a what a storyline. That was right in the beginning, right? That yeah. was season one. Yeah. And then season two ends up killing him on the farm, and um, Carol with her kids, like you know, the I don't know if you remember, like uh, her daughter goes missing in the beginning of season two, and then they find her mm-hmm. in the mid-season finale, they were keeping her in the barn on the farm with Herschel. Mm-hmm. Those those first four seasons are just grade A cable TV. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do agree. But are we saying, I feel like we're saying The Walking Dead is a better drama than Halloween, but Halloween is a better horror than The Walking Dead. Yeah. So, Part of where like I fell out of love with Walking Dead now, where we just will praise its storyline and or its storytelling and everything like that, is when eventually this is not like a, a fault of theirs or, or a critique, but at some point you have to take your story and be like, Okay, look, zombies are zombies. They are mm-hmm. the ever present evil in the world. But you can't just fight zombies for eleven seasons. It's not gonna yeah. really pay off. You have to introduce real life villains. You had the governor and you had well Shane first, and then you had the governor, and then you had uh, Negan as the the real bad characters. I don't know who they're fighting now. Uh, I think it's the Whisperers or something, or they might be dead. I don't. I know. have no idea. <laughs> All I know is that there was a character called Alpha and, and Beta, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, but something like that. I, I tried to like catch up on it through like YouTube videos, and I was just like, this isn't interesting to me. <laughs> it's, it's all the same thing at the end of the day. Um, yeah, but that's where The Walking Dead lost me because while you have to do that after Negan, I was kind of like, okay, man, like the storylines aren't there anymore. 
the fake deaths of the thing, and how many times an episode or a season can you do like, oh, our characters are trapped in a zombie horde. Will they make it out alive? Yeah. Find out next week on The Walking Dead. And I'm just like, nah, I'm going to go watch this show about people in Westeros who are killing (laughs) Who are actually dying. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if The Walking Dead would have been better if it was a movie franchise. Yeah, who knows? I I expect this Rick Grimes movie to kill it, because there are still diehard fans out there for this franchise. And we're not, oh, yeah. we're not crapping on them, but you know, for us, we just fell out of love with it. Now, Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. Halloween's a better horror movie in that sense because it's t- one. It's tough to like, okay, movies, movie franchise versus TV franchise at the end of the day. Um, mm-hmm. But there is not one. Um, one like ever present like what there's no one centralized bad guy in the walking Dead. yeah it's yeah it's, it's very much contingent on carrying on with the showrunners of going from bad guy to bad guy to bad guy um same way in the marvel movies right they like marvel movies were building towards thanos walking dead has not built towards like the end it will eventually but it's still <laughs> ongoing halloween <laughs> it's like you won't find a more iconic character in the world of horror than Michael Myers. I agree completely. And then on the other side of it, you won't find a more iconic final girl than Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. That is also true. I agree with that statement. Um, so it's really tough to do these two franchises against each other because mm-hmm. they're both still ongoing. Uh, yeah. Obviously been around for a longer time. The point that I will kind of start to sway I think our decisions toward Halloween is that Halloween's uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of aside, Halloween yeah. defined the genre. Mm-hmm. Right? Zombies were a very popular thing in horror way before The Walking Dead came along. And that's thanks to George R George R. R. Martin. That's <laughs> George A. Romero. Um and yes. you know I'll say Zack Snyder because I love his remake, but that's not really true. Um, So while it took it into the mainstream, uh, it didn't really define the zombie genre. It is the biggest franchise, but it's not the, I'd say, gold standard of zombies. I'd still think that George A. Romero Mm -hmm. um, stands tall uh, in that situation. So. For me, it's like Halloween's just the ever-defining slasher franchise. It's the one that got us to where we are, essentially. Yeah, I agree. And then if we're also just saying, like, what do we enjoy more, like, currently, at the where both franchises are, like, we're not still watching The Walking Dead, but we're, like, so hyped for the new Halloween movies, so. Yeah, which is strange, too, because Walking Dead has way more potential. Like, to go yeah. for years and years and years of just spinoffs or movies or whatever like if the rick grimes movie is really good and i really enjoy it maybe it'll like reignite my interest in the walking dead but i don't think okay. i can watch all of those episodes of like five seasons that i've missed it's just too too much at that point too many characters that have been introduced and gotten away from that main struggle that i love so much of rick trying to protect his group of survivors and the fact that you know watching Rick's character through the ups and downs of finding his wife and killing his best friend and then losing his wife and then losing his son and everything like that. And, you know, every character they introduced up until Rick was gone, I really, really loved. Um, Mm -hmm. Notably, obviously, Daryl in the very beginning. I love Michonne. She's an awesome character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Denai Guerra is an awesome, uh, awesome, awesome actress. Um, So... Yeah, a lot of potential there, but it doesn't unseat anything for me when it comes to horror and Halloween. Halloween's just that franchise. Yep, I completely agree with all of your points. Like, honestly, um, Halloween, I think it's hard to be beat by anything else. Which is really weird, too, because there's, like we said, there's some real, like, flops in this franchise. (laughs) But it's also the nostalgia. (laughs) Yeah, true. I mean... God, if we ever get to a point where The Walking Dead is being remade, that's when I like, know. That's when we'll know we're old. Yes, agreed. Um, so we are in agreement. <laughs> Halloween has defeated 
The Walking Dead, slashers over zombies in this case, and uh, Michael Myers is in the final, as we all have predicted, right? Yes, 100%. Um, Okay, I'm very curious to see how this next one will go, but let's take our final break, and then we'll be right back to get into it. Okay, so... (laughs) This this is going to be interesting, (laughs) because they're just so different. Oh, very different. All right, Um, so (laughs) we have... I was like waiting for you to say it. We both don't want to say it. This is going to be a really weird discussion. Um, yeah. It is The Mind of Ari Aster, a.k.a. Hereditary Midsummer, going up against the Alien franchise. Now, Ari Aster won the Supernatural category, beating out the likes of The Conjuring Universe, Insidious, etc., etc., Paranormal Activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Alien beat out a load of monsters, including The Predator, Godzilla, King Kong, um, what have you, you know. Natalie informed me what happened in that new Godzilla and King Kong movie, and now I'm not going to watch it because of what she told me. So, no spoilers for this episode if you haven't seen it, and you're there really you dying to see what happens in Godzilla versus Kong. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, let's get into Ari Aster first, because there have been, over the course of our lifetime, numerous Supernatural franchises that have taken over as the mainstream Supernatural series to follow. First, you had most notably, Paranormal Activity movies, just the promotion, the promotion and marketing behind those those uh, early releases mm-hmm. blew everybody away. Everyone wanted to know why there are people night visioned in a in a movie theater <laughs> screaming at the top of their lungs, and it was really scary. Then came along The Conjuring, James Wan, uh, a franchise that has way too many entries, uh, mm-hmm. way too many spinoffs, The Nun, Curse of La Llorona, Annabelle, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but now. The, the top dog is by far and away Ari Aster. Uh, this man burst onto the scene with A24, every millennial's favorite movie production <laughs> company. Let's just be completely honest with ourselves. Um, yep. And that film was Hereditary. Now, I will let you discuss Hereditary. <laughs> yeah, I think Hereditary just came out of nowhere. I had no idea who Ari Aster was when this movie came out. I mean, it was his first movie, but he had directed shorts before, so of course people did know him. Um, and I think Hereditary just changed the game, and it sounds so... I sound like a teenager saying this on like an A24 Facebook page that I am completely a part of. Um, and But like, it's true. It's just such a game changer. It's such a great movie, and I think that what makes Ari Aster different than the conjurings or the paranormal activities and all that is that it's not a block. These aren't blockbuster movies. They're not, you know, um, the mainstream kind of James Wan and anything like that, but their quality is just so good that you can't ignore them. Like everyone who is a horror fan knows what hereditary is and have seen it. And I think, you know, casual movie fans know what it is as well just because of how shockingly good it was like I saw this movie in theaters and I was extremely like jaw dropped stunned watching it um because just the quality is like nothing else that I had seen in years with in terms of new movies um so with that said, I know we talked about this in our Supernatural episode, but Midsummer had such hype going into it as one does when it comes off the heels of a movie like Hereditary. And, you know, I think people really enjoyed it. Um, I know that you enjoyed Midsummer Max and I did as well, but coming off of Hereditary, I was definitely disappointed. And that's just something that, you know, it, it makes sense. So I think them two as a package deal is it's like a heavy hitting package deal. Like they're really, really great movies. Yeah. They're, has not been a director, I think, in the genre since really James Wan did with The Conjuring that took this specific subgenre um, to new heights. And the, the thing that made it stand out for me above things like Paranormal Activity is that there's no gimmick to these yeah. movies. There's no like found footage, camera, night one, night two, a story that doesn't, you know, really matter at the end of the day. It's just jump scares. Um, mm-hmm. Hereditary and Midsummer very carefully thought out narratives that Ari Aster has brought to life on a big screen 
and they are for I'm assuming people younger than us like the horror movie for them. It's mm-hmm. it's their Halloween or their Friday the Thirteenth or you know what have you, um, and it's gotten to a point now for just two movies, which is crazy to say. That's like anything he does, we're watching it no matter what. Yeah, it's it's um. It's really, really impressive. Not a lot of directors can do that immediately. You know, you have your initial stands and your your fans mm-hmm. who follow uh, people hardcore, but in terms of a mainstream, massive appeal, I struggle to find anybody other than Ari Aster. Like, there's Robert Eggers, who is mm-hmm. one for both of us as well, but The Witch and The Lighthouse are more art films. Yeah, to say the definitely. least. Um, they're uh, different themes as well, uh, you know. Obviously, with the uh, the witch being a, a period piece and the lighthouse being a black and white film with Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson yelling at each other, and <laughs> for you know, for us, that's all we need. That's, yes, uh, that's all we need. Um, but yeah, the the mainstream massive appeal that Ari Aster got for these two films is insane. And like you mentioned, there wasn't a horror movie that I thought was more anticipated than Midsummer. Um, mm-hmm. In recent memory, looking at the Rotten Tomato scores, eighty nine percent for Hereditary, which I think is a little low. Probably should be higher. Um, and Midsummer's had an eighty three. So I accredit that drop off to, like you mentioned, fans being so so excited for whatever the hell he was going to do next. That, yeah. You know, at that point, you're never going to meet the expectations of the fans. It's just you know inevitable. Um, outside of you know an outlier or two in the real world, but mm-hmm. um. I still love that movie. I love the dynamic of the main characters and, and the struggle um, that Florence Pugh goes through is just awesome. Um, in terms of box office numbers, uh, Hereditary did 80.2 million and Midsummer did 48 million. But keep in mind, these are A24 films. While A24 is really popular with people our age and in our demographic, um, they're not massive, like, you know, Transformers or anything like yeah. that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think we've done more than enough justice for Ari Aster and what he means to the horror community <laughs> right now. Um, and it's going up against Alien, which is just <laughs> the sci-fi monster movie that we determined, at least. Um, yeah. The Xenomorph. You won't get scarier than the Xenomorph, in my opinion, when it comes to alien monsters. Maybe the thing, but, you know, it's too late now. Natalie, watched the movie after we did the episode. <laughs> uh, I think Alien is scarier, for the record. Okay, cool. <laughs> We're on the same page still, at least, uh, in terms of a spooky movie. Um, yeah, the the first Alien, Ridley Scott. I mean, what a movie with, you know, we talked about how awesome Jamie Lee Curtis is in Halloween, but Sigourney Weaver as Ripley is just peak heroine, badass, not mm-hmm. really final girl because it's not slashers, but just like our main character fighting against this, this evil mysterious creature and she just oh she fucking kicks ass no other way to put it um and one thing that we highlighted with the alien franchise is that there's six entries plus you have the whole crossover between alien versus predator the two most Mm -hmm. badass aliens in the world um doorbell was that you that was me okay yeah that was me you want to answer that or no (laughs) no okay cool um (laughs) <laughs> what was I going to say? The door blew me off. Oh, yeah. Um, the the thing that we highlighted with the Alien franchise is that the uh, original quadrilogy took a different, uh, you know, takes different forms over the course of those four movies. First one, strict psychological horror sci-fi in a spaceship with an evil alien. What are you going to do? Mm. Second one, action-packed. Balls to the wall, James Cameron, Terminator 2, man, just, you know, Michael Bean, Ellen Ripley, just killing it. it. A ton of <laughs> aliens, just awesome. Um, Alien 3, not the best. And yeah. then Alien Resurrection is a very weird tale. They tried to weave in the fact that people wanted to clone Ellen Ripley, Alien Queen. I don't have to go too much into it. Um <laughs> But then we got the prequel series, which is Prometheus and Alien Covenant. Uh, Ridley Scott continuing his tale, not letting anyone know for whatever reason that Prometheus mm-hmm. was indeed a prequel to this franchise. Like, I feel like that would have gotten more hype out of it. People just had to go watch the movie. Like, hey, man. Yeah, that just, was risky. Just say, like, 
hey, this is a prequel to Alien. And I've been like, yo, Ridley, dope. I'm there. I was there already, but dope. More people will be there. Um, and yeah, Alien Covenant um, finally was like, yeah, okay, this is a prequel to the story. Uh, continue mm-hmm. where Prometheus left off. Um, and when you look at the Rotten Tomato scores, the original, 98%, a, the gold standard. Uh, and Alien yeah. at 45%. And we kind of talked about the kind of production difficulties that movie went through. Um, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of box office numbers, fifth highest grossing horror movie franchise of all time. $1.653 billion with a B. Absolute <laughs> money for the Xenomorphs. Lots of monies. That's a lot of money. Yeah. All right. Now we try to decide who is better, Ari Aster or Ridley Scott. Well, or the xenomorph. Yeah. Now, let's put this out there. A xenomorph would kill Ari Aster. It's just inevitable. Yes. Ari Aster is, is no Ellen Ripley. That's just <laughs> end of the story. Um, <laughs> but, man, this is really tough because you have the hype. It's different than Halloween and, and The Walking Dead, right? Like, Walking Dead yeah. is really popular, but it doesn't have the hype. Ari Aster is the hype when he comes to horror directors and alien is something that has for the mainstream come and gone. It's, Mm -hmm. it was really popular when it came out, kind of fumbled the ball towards the end. Um, and the newest two prequels, they're good. I like them, but they're not, Mm -hmm. they're not great. They're not up to the standard of the first two. Yeah. I still need to watch Prometheus. I don't know. I'll probably watch Alien Covenant just for the principle of it, but I'm more excited to watch Prometheus just based on what you've said and what other people have said. Um, But yeah, it's interesting. Like Ari Aster, his movies are more of like the modern classic. Like it's what's going on right now. The hype is insane. The quality is so good. And since there's only two movies, like each of them are really, really good. But of all time standard, like, I feel like we would be doing Alien really dirty if we picked Ari Aster over Alien. I agree. Um, but if I had to argue for it, and we'll have to do it kind of in a quick manner, but, like, when I look back in, like, 20... Well, when I look back in 20 years, I mean, yeah. No, that makes sense. That's English. Um, <laughs> for, like, my kids and trying to get them into horror because they're going to love horror movies, whether they love it or not. Um, yeah. Same for your kids, I'm assuming. Um, yeah. In terms of like, hey, go watch this movie. Like, you'll have the classics, right? But when we look back on this time in our lives, Hereditary is that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're saying for like, Alien is for our parents, what Hereditary is for us. Yeah, except for my mom, she got scared watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and had to go sleep at my well, aunt's house. Yeah, my parents hate horror movies, so this is just like a hypothetical parent, I guess. Yeah, yeah, my mom, my mom's not here. She's not listening. Sorry, mom, I threw you under the bus. But yeah, she, she can't stand horror movies. I dragged her to watch a Resident Evil movie with me in theaters, and like, I've done some bad things as a kid growing up. Like, yeah. nothing, nothing illegal, but, you know, I failed some tests. I hit some report cards. The look she gave me walking out of that <laughs> movie theater was like, what did you just make me do? And I was like, <laughs> wasn't it great? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom is super scared. My dad's always just like, they're predictable. I hate them. And I'm like, you uh, are wrong. <laughs> Papa Zamora, what are you doing? <laughs> I know. Um, so, yeah. like. I'll have my kids watch Alien because that's for me. You're not, you're not going to get a better psychological science fiction horror movie than it than Ridley Scott's Alien. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the franchise very much shifted to more of an action sci-fi. Yeah, you know, this is true. Uh, it's just the the matter of the fact the the tone shifted because uh, you know at the end of the day, how many times can you really do people getting chased around a spaceship by an alien? Um, you got to throw an S on the end of it eventually and bring in <laughs> Kyle Reese. And that's how you get to, you know, the, the big bucks at the office, uh, at the office, at the bottom. At the office. <laughs> yeah. But that's why Ari Aster has an unfair advantage because this isn't a franchise. So like each of the movies could be really good if he's just making good movies. Agreed. Yeah. Like Ridley Scott has definitely dropped the ball, not in like a major way since the first yeah. alien, but 
nothing has lived up to that level since Aliens. Um, which is crazy because it's a different director at that point too. It's yeah, the man who brought you Jack and Rose and never let go. And she let go. It's a matter of fact, he sank to the bottom of the ocean. He did. He ain't coming back. Um, Terrible. but, <laughs> um, in terms of like direct, like it's also super unfair to put Ari Aster against Ridley Scott. Cause Ridley Scott has been around for way longer, done movies. Like yeah. Gladiator. And you know, not a strict horror director. All we know of Ari yeah. Aster are these two movies. And mm-hmm. in the genre, I, it's not a fair, uh, or it's not a, a, a far out uh, prediction to make that like in 20 years, he'll have a catalog of just bangers, absolute bangers. Mm-hmm. But he could have a few flops. He could. In there too. He could. And we'll be the first to let you know right here on the one good scare podcast. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so what are you leaning towards? It's really tough. Um, like if I had to pick, like if we had to pick two alien movies to go up against Hereditary and Midsummer, right? Yeah. Even though you haven't seen the the two prequel ones, I'm still probably picking Alien One and Aliens. Um, yeah. And against Hereditary and Midsummer, uh, Hereditary and Alien, that'll be a fun fight. You know, that that that's a fun movie debate. Um, yeah, Midsummer versus Aliens. Aliens is just a massive success. Um, yeah, and no fault to Midsummer because if Midsummer was his first movie, it would have probably gotten the same hype as Hereditary did. Uh, yeah, it's still I agree. Really it's still really good, but like, you know, there's no like Scooby Doo who done it at the end or anything like that where people are like, "Whoa, wait, it was him all along. I didn't know." Um, yeah. Yeah, and I still, like, I know that the hype contributed to my disappointment, but I don't think Midsommar is as good of a movie as Hereditary. Like, definitely not. That's fair. Um, And people will argue that Aliens is better than Alien. um, Yeah. Because just... They're pretty close to me. Yeah. I think as much as we love Ari Aster, if this this was a bracket 20 years from now we were doing, I think he'd take it pretty easily, but... I feel like it would be a disservice to not give it to the Alien franchise. Yeah, I completely agree. Alrighty, so our final Michael Myers versus the Xenomorph. <laughs> Halloween versus Alien. What a battle. Two very worthy winners getting to our grand final after weeks and weeks of delegation and multiple franchises have fallen by the side. Only one man with a kitchen knife and another one who we don't really know where it comes from, but it's got to be <laughs> Uh, and it's um, a really scary monster. Um, how do we uh, how do we do this in a quick and timely manner? Hmm. I mean, do you have just do you know who you want to win? Uh, you know, <laughs> I think I think Halloween. Yeah, I was gonna say if Michael Myers doesn't win this shit. I'm gonna punch you through the computer <laughs> oh well thank thank god we are not in an office we would sound awesome uh, in an office punch like, you yeah just punch then... it with some like high-tech studio equipment instead of just yeah. be, being on google hangouts right now talking um yep and you'd hear the, the punches psh, 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 and i'd be like oh, guys i've been beaten up Natalie assaulted me over this movie <laughs> everyone in the office would just like go and stare and be like are they okay in there no they would 100 percent be like natalie's being the shit out of max <laughs> why. um yeah i mean for everything we just had to defend alien for against ari aster in terms of a, a modern juggernaut um it doesn't come close to me with halloween halloween yeah that that franchise, that character, that final girl. It's like, if 2018 doesn't happen, Alien probably wins. But 2018 has just, like, for me, taken it to yeah. a whole new level. Yeah, and it's still going, and I, like, not to jinx it, but I think we can trust that the next two are going to be quality. Um, I think honestly, like Halloween might just be my favorite movie franchise ever. Because of what other, like, I'm not huge into superheroes. I like them, but like, I'm not, I like horror more. Like, I'm trying to think what other franchises there are. Like, I think Halloween's just my favorite. Look, I love the Marvel movies, but I'll be real. Most people out there, right? Like, outside of the hardcore diehard fans, if your favorite movie franchise is the MCU, 
go watch some other movies. Just broaden your horizons just a little bit. <laughs> that's many people's favorite franchise. I, it's not, favorite right. I'm not insulting like everybody. Just, you know, expand your horizons just a little bit. Star Wars mm-hmm. exists. Um, yeah. Uh, I like Star Wars better. I but I like Halloween better. I can't believe we – yeah. I think the last movie I saw in theaters was with – we went to go see Rise of Skywalker. Oh, that was such a terrible experience. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> oh, bad movie. Um, yeah, like – I don't know. I got really off on my tangent with the MCU movies. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, was thinking, I was trying to think of my favorite movie franchise because you said Halloween was your Yeah. Movie. Star uh, Trek, Jurassic Park, but we already talked about that in here. Yeah. Fast and Furious. Oh, dude. The new one. John Cena. I'm seeing it 100%. You can't see me. Um, <laughs> James Bond, Harry Potter. Oh man, James Bond is really up there for me. I loved Pierce Brosnan growing up. That was like my dad because my parents are divorced. And I love my stepdad, but if Pierce Brosnan was my dad, was your actual dad? (laughs) Lord of the Rings. I love Lord of the Rings. Absolutely not. I can find way better (laughs) things to do with my nine hours. Um, uh, This will be, you know, this is a whole different conversation. I can't think of my favorite movie franchise. Like maybe The Matrix. Is probably up there for me. Oh, that's true. That's another one. Um, um, yeah, I think Halloween is, is mine. In horror, is it my favorite? It better be because we got here. No, I think Scream's probably my favorite. Scream's my favorite <laughs> horror movie. Yeah. Um, but you know, without Michael Myers, you don't get Ghostface. No way in hell. Um, this is true. So, yeah, I mean. Alien doesn't stand a chance. As as great as those movies are to me, especially the first two, and how much I liked Prometheus compared to Alien Covenant as well, um, it's just the, the horror franchise. And I'd be really stupid to sit here and try to argue with you and try to talk you down off a cliff and being like, this is my favorite franchise ever. And I'd be like, Natalie, no. There are better <laughs> movies out there, like the MCU. Check them out. <laughs> Yeah, we're just naming the best horror franchise is Spider-Man. Oh, God. I've been berated <laughs> by my friends for the past couple of weeks because I haven't seen the MCU Spider-Man movies. Oh, really? They're yeah. good. I, yeah, that's what they say. And yeah. but, um, I'm not saying, like, you're crazy for not watching them. I'm just saying, like, they're good. Look, I've gone down, a, I've gone down a, a massive anime binge, and I'm just fully, okay. fully loving my anime right now. And for me to go back and watch – well – Homecoming, whatever. Like, I know what happens. He turns to dust, comes back to life. Far from home, I need to watch because that's a new one. And that mm-hmm. happens after uh, mm-hmm. Endgame. Yeah, so, right after. That one I need to see. Homecoming, I'll watch whenever I feel like watching it. You know, I don't need to see Michael Keaton. Uh, if I want to see Michael Keaton, I'll watch Birdman because cool. that's just peak Michael Keaton. <laughs> um, yeah, Halloween for me. I'm on board with you. The winner. Round of applause. Round of applause. Yeah. We did it. We did it. That was a lot of fun. Congratulations yeah. on Halloween. I agree. Um, yeah, and I think all along that's who I wanted to win the whole thing. So yeah, I, it was going to be really tough, right? It was. I think the, yeah. the first movie we talked about on episode one. Um, yep. And uh, it's been a, a long journey, but the the rightful the rightful winner in in both of our minds for sure. If things played out differently, you know, we had all the brackets done for you. If you want to go back and, and do them yourself, that would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But are there any movies out there that, like, you wish could have gone farther that just, like, by circumstance had to get knocked out? To be honest, I don't think so. Just, like, we're looking at, like, franchises as a whole. I think that we did it really well. If we were looking, like, individual movies, that would be different and that would be way harder. Um, but as far as franchises, I think we did a really good job. Yeah. Well, I mean, your winner, your favorite movie won. So yeah, I'd be really upset if you had some complaints. Um, <laughs> this was all for you, Natalie. <laughs> um, I think I wish Scream would have gotten farther. It wouldn't have, yeah. it wouldn't have beaten Halloween. It's just a matter of fact at the end of the day. Um, and I wish Zack Snyder's zombie movies would have gotten farther because mm-hmm. we're both really hyped for army of the dead. Um, yeah, we're excited to review it. But Dawn of the Dead is my favorite zombie movie. His 2004 remake. Um, so, you know, victim of circumstance there once again. It wasn't gonna didn't have the the legs to stand on against 
uh, Romero or mm-hmm. or the, the Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. But yeah, matter of fact, if Army of Dead is anywhere near good, and like fifty one percent out of like you know, or what's a passing grade? A D plus. Mm-hmm. No, no. What's an average grade? A B, right? C, I guess. Oh, C. I don't remember. Maybe. <laughs> I'm, I, like I told you, I hid my report cards. Uh, <laughs> If it's a, a, a B minus, I'm gonna ride that movie into the f- fucking stratosphere. But like, this is the greatest movie ever made, Zack Snyder. <laughs> oh no, yeah, I'm hyped for it. I can't wait. Same. But anyone uh, out there listening, hope you enjoyed our March Madness. A little bit of a five five episode miniseries. Uh, it was a lot of fun doing this, um, and uh, we hope you enjoyed it as well. If you have any complaints, now is your time to air them, because. <laughs> It's over. So now we can, you know, look back on it. It's better to ask for forgiveness than acceptance, right? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it comes sure. to this. We're sorry <laughs> your favorite movie got left out, but hey, Halloween one, aren't you happy? Um, so yeah, well, uh, we got to think of what to do next week. <laughs> We're out of episodes for this. I know. I feel like this was like our go-to for so long. Now it's like, all right, what should we do next? Um if anyone listening has any ideas, you can shoot them over to us. You can give us a good review on Apple Podcasts and tell us what to do next. You can tweet at us. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Natalie Zamora with two A's at the end, and Max is at Odd Slice. Let us know what you thought about our final, final winner here. Um, if we were right, if we were wrong, and let us know what we should do next week. For sure, because. The only reason this happens this happened is because we were out of ideas and we were like brainstorming at the final minute. <laughs> but uh yeah, I'm glad we did this. It was a lot of fun. We'll have to uh hopefully someone out there has a great idea because you know if you do, we'll do it. Yeah, this is true. So thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next week. We don't know what it'll be, but it'll be worth the listen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.